0: Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osband, here with my friend, Chavruta, Ann Gordon. Our dap today, Masakat Yivamot, dap, Lamet, page 39. Got a couple of interesting points here on this staff. I know I said yesterday that I started to like Yivamot. i like this staff too today. So maybe something has changed for me. Uh, the Mishnah talked about how if Yavam, uh, you know, consummated, you know, or went through with the full Yiba marriage, then basically she is considered to be his full wife. And so the Gemara here wants to ask, Hilchata, right? What what's the halacha here that they're trying to teach? They went into a yiba marriage. It should be a full marriage. I'm a Rabbi Yossi Barchanina Lamar Sha beget sirah. So what Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says, it's to say that once they have this Yiba marriage, the only way they could dissolve that marriage is essentially he would have to divorce her with an actual get as opposed to, let's say, doing Halitza, because remember, Halitza is also sort of a form of divorce. And after he divorced her, if he wanted to remarry her and take her basically, right, uh, he he would be allowed to he would be allowed to do that. Right. There wouldn't be any issue of saying it was sort of like you only get one shot, uh, you know, just in the context of yibum. But just like someone else that you divorce, you know, you could take that, you know, your divorce wife back. So that's what Rabbi Yosi wants to say. Rabbi Yossi wants would say, that's what the halacha is trying to teach. So then the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, wait, this is like obvious, Rabbi Yossi Barchanina. Of course, you would have to divorce her with a guest. Right? You might have thought, because the Pasuken Devarim in chapter 25, verse 5 says, and take her to him to be his wife, um, and, and to make this Yiba marriage, Right. So it seems to keep referring to the marriage as a Yiba marriage, not as a regular marriage. Right. It says the Yiba ma. the Torah says, Rishon Aleha, in Beget La, Ka Mashmalan. Right. So the Torah is basically telling us, right, Hashem is basically telling us that the original, the first Yibam continues to be with her and therefore with Chalitza. Right. You could maybe say, you know, you could sever that relationship. You could end that relationship. But actually, no, it needs to be with an actual uh, and not with, a, you know, and, and maybe not with a with a get. And so therefore, we this Mishnah actually needs to teach us this because of the way that Pasuk is structured, where it says, that, you know, you might actually think it would be with Khalitsa and not. Then the Gemara goes on to say, right. Of course, he should be able to take her back. Shita, that's obvious. You might have thought mitzrah tramiyah rahmana ale avda. Right? You might have thought right that maybe that the mitzvah right is imposed upon him and he performed it. In other words, he did the yibum with the first marriage, right? And and he did it. And now, once he divorced her, there's no longer that mitzvah anymore. And so, really, now she should be considered to go back to being the aishet ach that she was. Sorry, I said aishet. The eshet ach that she was kamash malan. So again, it comes to teach us otherwise. So it's interesting to see that we're sort of what this whole passage of the mission, the gemara, is trying to teach us is, is that once that marriage happens, we almost in a way have to forget that it started off as a yiba marriage, and it basically is just a regular, uh, it, it's regular yibum marriage. And then the gemara. Um, wants wants to you know wants challenges and goes on a little bit more about that but I'm gonna skip that. And then one last point and before you get to the mission itself, then they have the discussion about the ketubah, right? We talked about that ketubah before um, that the only difference between the marriage is that her marriage contract, her ketubah, would still be payable um, from the property of her first husband and not the property of the Avam. And so the Gemara asked my timeout, what's the reason? Isha lo mean hashamayam, right? because the Gemara explains a wife was acquired to him by heaven. In other words, what they're acknowledging here is the Avon didn't really get to choose th- this woman as his wife, right? It's a set of circumstances that the Torah obligated to him to do it. And therefore, the Gemara then goes on to qualify, the lelam Lamin Harishon, right? Let's say she can't get the money. She couldn't get her ketubah from her first husband. Takinu So then the Chacham said she actually does have to get it from her second husband, from the Yavam. So that this way she won't be like sort of lessened in the eyes of the Yavam. And he could sort of like easily divorce her because he doesn't actually owe her any money because they don't have a ketubah. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to read a little section after the Mishnah as well, when you're going to get to the Mishnah. But I think, you know, these passages, at least for me, are, are in a way sort of like, they're trying to rectify what's weird about this relationship, right? So the first piece is the mission is telling us she's basically a regular wife. And the second part is with this whole issue with the Ketubah, it's trying to say, like, we still have to protect her. She still needs to have the rights. We know it's weird, right? Like this whole line of, you know, Isha uh, Hiknulo Mina Shamayim, right? This wife was acquired to the Yavam by heaven. We know this is a, not a, a normal marriage. So we have to sort of make sure that we can put everything in place so it can be as normal of a marriage with the same rights um, and privileges uh, required so that the woman is not actually mistreated.
1: Okay. I think also it, um, it's the Gemara recognizing, I think maybe you said this or I'm going to try to spell it out in another step, right? The idea that the Gemara, um, right? is recognizing that the whole system of Yibum feels foreign to the concept of marriage. So, right. A, we're going to make it more like marriage, more like, you know, a regular old marriage, except for it just got its start in a funny way. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, and I don't have the answer to this. I know there are scholars out there who surely do. You know, to what extent was levirate marriage a thing in the ancient world that Chazal, or that it's in the Torah and therefore it comes down to Chazal who are already modifying it. Now, I, I don't, that's all speculation, but it feels that way to me a little bit, right? Like a, this is recognizing that it's not normal marriage. Let's make it that. Um, right. Okay. Um, I'm going to take, take us to the Mishnah here. The Mishnah on this staff is the kind of Mishnah that you might've thought would be the first Mishnah of Masachi Yevamot, right? Remember those 14, those, I'm sorry, 15, the 15 sarots, the co-wives, and the potential forbidden relationships being a very strange opening. Here, we're going to have a discussion of literally the mitzvah of Yibum and whose responsibility is it? Isn't that nice and organized, except for on tet 39. Mitzvah begadol liabem. The mitzvah of Yibum falls first on the oldest of a family, right? We've had all of these cases, again, all through these dapim of you know, you have two brothers or three brothers or six brothers. And here it says explicitly, it's very clear. The mitzvah falls on the oldest of however, eldest, however many brothers there are. Lo ratza, what if he doesn't want to do it? al So then they go, the court will take this requirement of yibum, meaning the woman is there waiting in abeyance because the husband has died. There's no children. He has brothers. So the court goes down the line of brothers, however many there are, one to, you know, a zillion. Um and and to take whichever one comes forward and says, Yes, yes, I will be the Yavam. Loratsu. If none of them want to do this, gadol. then the court goes back to the to the eldest, and they say to him, Alecha mitzvah, oh chalot, oh meaning you this is your mitzvah. You don't want to do yibum, fine, do Chalitza. You want you don't want to do Khalita Fine, do yibum. But you don't get to just stand back out. Because this, because it's the mitzvah upon the eldest, even though others could kind of take it on, right? Like they can, they can um, sub for him. But if none of them are willing to sub, then it falls on him to do chalitza, as opposed to anybody else along the line of the brothers to do chalitza. Tala b'katan, excuse me, ad she ad What happens if we have? a lineup of brothers that includes a brother who is a minor, right? And so what happens now if we've got the the brother makes his decision, right? Whether or not he's going to do it dependent on whether one of the other brothers would eventually come to do Yibum. Meaning that let's say the eldest doesn't want to do it. He knows he's got a little tyke in the family who could grow up to be the Avam. And now he's going to decide no, because he's going to wait, Let's say, for that brother, the katan, the younger the the one who's not yet thirteen to grow up to be old enough to be a yavab. So talab ad ad oh bigado, ad Or again, what if he says, no, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wait for for um you know the pirate to come back from overseas, type of thing, meaning he's got his brother, but he's he's making the his own willingness the possibility that a different brother will take it away from him if only he would be here or old enough or whatever, but he's not here. Oh, chayresh, oh, Meaning, what if one of the brothers is um, a deaf mute or um, doesn't have all his cognitive abilities? Ain So all of this, meaning all of these conditional options let's say for the brother to say well i'm going to wait until the little one grows up i'm going to wait till the seafaring one comes back from medina tayam i'm going to let the cherish do it right then the the, the mission rather says Ein lo, we do not accept this rather el lo, alecha mitzvah, o chlotz, o yabim. meaning the court will then say to him you have this mitzvah you don't get to fob it off on someone else you don't get your own willingness to do it contingent upon whether somebody else is willing to do it or not. This is your mitzvah. You need to go ahead with it. Going ahead with it doesn't have to be yibum. It can be chalitza, right? Oh, chalots, either do chalitza or do yibum and stop fiddle-faddling around that it's, you know, you're going to wait for somebody else to take it off your hands.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I found this, uh, I agree with you. I think this should have been sort of the first, uh, the first mishnah. And I think it really gets into the details of what's, you know, how would this practically work in a family? Right. You know, like it's almost like is it's, we don't know which brother, there's a lot of personalities. I mean, we actually see this play out in Mickey Latruth, right. That, you know, in Mickey Latruth, like the actual Yavam doesn't want to do it. (laughs) So, you know, they have to sort of go to like another cousin and and that's how they sort of end up on Boaz. Um, And I think. Like, Not everyone's actually going to want to do this mitzvah, and it sort of needs to be sorted out by the family.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair thing also, right? That's really what's happening here. They're trying, at least ostensibly, the Torah is making sure, the halakha is making sure that the brother who died has his name carried on. Isn't that something that the family should want to happen? But it requires self-sacrifice, because it means that you're getting married to somebody who's not your own name, it's your brother's name. So it does become a family affair.
0: Yeah. So I want to just jump down to one interesting piece here in the Gemara uh, where they quote here a Mishnah from uh, B'chorot. And it says, Tznan Hatam, right? Mitzvah Yibom Kodemet mitzvah Chalitza. That actually Yibum is preferable to Chalitza. We've sort of seen that talked about before that Yibum and Chalitza are not interchangeable. The preference is to do Nasha Barishonashayu Mitzkavonin Mitzvah. But it says originally, right? You know, people, um, uh, you know, th- originally this mitzvah was done for the sake of fulfilling a mitzvah, but now we're not so sure that when the brother does this, it's really mitzvah. Maybe it's he wants to, you know, really sleep with his sister-in-law. And so we see there's sort of this change that takes place where now Chazal say, no, actually, Halitz is better than Yivam. And then Amar Rab, but Rab says Ein Kofim, right? Rab says, um, you know, uh, we don't, but we don't force the to do Khalitsa. And then what starts to appear is a series of stories. I'm not going to read them all inside, um, but quoting Rab, or quoting Rab Yehuda, who also says Ein Kofim, um, uh, also, um, also Rabi Chia, where now they're telling us what these specific Amurayim wrote, right? in their um, in their sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, what they would write or how they would relate to this. Right. So the Gemara talks about how Rev would basically say to them, if you want to do Chalitza, or if you want to do Yibum, it's dependent on you. What I found interesting about this piece was, is that one of the things we've talked about is that we have so far not seen any practical stories. Right. Like there hasn't been a story yet where it's like, oh, when this Tan or this Amora did Yibum." You know, or did Khalitha, this is how it happens. And this is the first time that we sort of see a practical mention of how did Rav conduct this, right? Um, how, did Yehuda, how did Rav Yehuda conduct this, um, right? It talks about what the formulation was that he would use uh, in, the actual, in, in his actual Khalitha uh, document. So I, I just found this, like, for as much as we've been talking about, we haven't had any practical examples. They're still not giving a real-life example. They're just saying what was done in their baiting, in their court, but we're finally seeing the real-life examples for the first time.
1: Which is kind of refreshing. It's interesting, again, what the structural of this Masechet is, is still a conundrum.
0: Well, again, I, what I'm going to contend is, is I think it wanted to spend a lot of time sort of showing their discomfort with it, right? And trying to make sure to be like, it's a mitzvah that permits an erva, but we're going to let you know how us or everything else really is. Now, by Perik Ravi. okay, now we'll get into the actual details of how this practically actually worked. But there was a lot of time spent sort of to be like, this is us or and that's us or and this is us or by extension. And once we sort of establish this, that this is truly an unusual halacha, now we can start to talk about what's actually practical here. I mean, again, it's amazing. We're on Daph Lamitet and it's the first time we see something like in real life
1: that's our doctor's question for the day thank you for joining us rank us review us where you get your podcasts come talk to us on our facebook page and tell us what you think about this stuff and how yavamot is progressing thank you to revenue michelle farber for hosting us on the website and until tomorrow go and and learn